What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? My name is Jade. This is a Here Is What We Know podcast. We still are the most provisionally approved show on the internet. What does that mean? You don't know, and I don't know either. Joining me in the studio are my esteemed co-hosts. Uh, first of all, um, you don't have a successful podcast without a white guy in the room. It is Simon Anderson. How are you, mate? Good afternoon, Jade and, <laughs> and everybody watching. Apologies for the um, uh, for the poor camera quality. I'm not sure what's going on. I've got every device in the house turned off at the same time, besides this one. So um, I have to get back to the drawing board and figure out something that's a bit more uh, better quality. But that's all right. You can still hear me fine. So uh, the show goes on. Yeah, I must say, you're coming through loud and clear, Simon, so while, while you might be moving at three frames a second, we can still hear you, and you can still add value to the show. It's great to see you. Uh, what have you been up to lately before I go to Hannah? Oh, just a little bit of rest and relaxation, some surfing over the weekend, a bit of golf on Friday night, uh, you know, visited the sauna uh, uh, this morning, <laughs> some... I'm feeling, I'm feeling in tip-top shape, and um, yeah, ready to get into a, 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 some good dialogue. You know, just it's been a good weekend. I'm happy. It sounds like a better weekend than uh, Shane Warne has had, but we'll get to <laughs> that. We'll get to that in a little while. Hannah, how are you going? All is well, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's great to be here today, and it's a lovely day. Um, it's good to see. You see you both so thank you yeah. look forward to getting into the news yep we, we we have some highs and lows well mostly lows if i'm honest and coming up on the show today uh but before that just a bit of a softener bit of a bit of a light start to the program as always we have the question of the day this is by far my fa- most favorite segment of the show Today's question is now. Now this is a, this is quite a reflective question, I must say, guys. You, you know, think about the situation between Russia and the Ukraine at the moment. Have you ever won a dispute only to regret it later? Have you ever won a dispute only to regret it later? And ladies and gentlemen, watching this. From home on Twitch or DLive, we can see your responses in the chat. So feel free uh, to leave those in there. Or if you're watching it on demand, we'd love to hear from you in the comments. Simon. Interesting. Interesting question. I like it. It's very good. (laughs) Um, I suppose I have. I mean, um, I try to live with, you know... Uh, on the whole uh, a life with no regrets so you try and learn and whatever you can from mistakes and not try and regret things so much but um, I mean I guess yeah best has been a few times where I've pushed the point where I've been right um, uh, to the detriment of I guess the wider group in the situation if that makes sense and yeah um, and yeah the 
the the sweetness of of uh, being bright is definitely tainted when when um when the, yeah when there's a few people that i don't know don't appreciate it i guess mm. so so that that was kind of where i was headed with this so that's really great um simon i'll hear from i'll hear from hannah and then i have a bit of a supplementary for you guys hannah have you ever won a dispute only to regret it later no i can't think of anything else to my heat really but... you're a woman <laughs> 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 Um, yes, there are, there are things that have happened, but I can't think of one specific, um, I think in your case, you just had to pick one. I, I can't think of one, no. Um, and what I'm thinking of that, it might have been that I didn't realise it until straight after, after, or, you know, a couple of months later, so the effects after so you can definitely win it and then win a dispute and then it's terrible afterwards actually it then affects the individual wrongly and to it affects um the uh, long term and the long term effects that it can have and then also I think um, you just need to stop and take a minute and think is it worth trying to know that you're right or actually take a step back and listen to the one next to you so for me um, and I was thinking when I put this question in this afternoon I'm like oh no is Simon going to think I'm like projecting projecting questions so i can counsel myself on the show but i'm not not it's not quite that but uh, i was thinking about the situation in russia and how um no one seems to really get what he's on about and i suppose simon will will get to this a bit later hopefully you can help us but it seems like the whole world is against putin right at the moment and i just want to say that i'm a little bit stuck on the something i learned this week about russia being one of the last nations on the planet uh that backs their uh monetary reserves with actual gold right so that's what i was told you'll be able to tell me whether that's true or not but it just strikes me that when when you when you win do you win because i'm not i'm not sure that every argument that i've wanted to win necessarily benefited me in the end and certainly interpersonally you reflect on the the things after the fact and yeah you you do kind of regret it so i what i am projecting through this question i suppose is maybe we will regret not not at least assessing what putin is up to we're, we're just calling him a bad guy without really getting into the detail do you know what i mean yeah i do indeed and yeah it's like 
he's he's um he's managed to unify countries and commercial <laughs> organizations in this all-out war against not just him but the whole country of russia and just general people with all of the sanctions and um denial of services that have started happening it's it is unheard of i guess to see such unity in condemning something that uh looks no different than to what um america's done for the past 20 years in terms of invading countries and they don't even invade the countries that are geographically linked to the United States. At least Russia shares a border with Ukraine, so there is a bit more of a legitimacy in this, in this sort of um, aggression. Um, but I totally agree with your point. Uh, we, mm. the fact that his country has a gold-backed currency, mm. can't really be understated because it's probably one of the last things that's yeah. holding. Um, what are they called? The SWIFT uh, banking network. If, if Russia is out of that, which you know, I might, can't remember where that's at, whether they're completely gone, you know, they're just teasing it. I think um, I think it is. I think they've pressed the button. I think they're out. Yeah. So that that removes any sort of tangible liquidity. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and any sort of tangible uh, value behind um, what most people trade as dollars. You know. Re- regardless of where it comes from as a country you know there's it's just all paper uh notes Mm. so yeah thanks for that you guys um remember if you are watching the stream now or after the fact uh we'd love to hear your response to the question of the day and i'll just throw it up one more time in case you've only just joined us the question for today is have you ever won a dispute only to regret it later so we'd love to hear from you on that but for now uh today's first news story and hannah i I think i'm gonna let you go first if that's all right so start talking and i'll throw things on on the tv as it were (laughs) (laughs) so i'm bringing to you the news that um the cricketer Shane Warne has died and why would this matter now apparently this has gone viral and every every country is mourning his death now he was a great cricketer but um, he did a lot during his time and there's big question mark how he died um, they're saying it was a heart attack he was on a crazy crash diet and then on a health health retreat and the thing was though um, his body is now being held um, in he was in Thailand so one we're in COVID <laughs> and he was able to go on a holiday and does that seem weird to you Simon it's that, that, that people are holidaying in a COVID situation they get they get like business visas and they can just travel you know what's an extra couple or few hundred bucks or a grand or whatever to get a business visa and say that they're traveling as some sort of consultancy or whatever um yeah so you know rich people have been traveling almost like you know you know there's not much of a difference especially outside of new zealand 
yeah. lots of other countries have already started uh, international travel yeah and I just thought so his body's actually being held by um, by the hospital there in Thailand and they're questioning wanting to have a look wanting to have a look they want an <laughs> autopsy everything looks clean from their thoughts of it not being an accident but um, not being a murder but the the thing that they're first saying is we need to actually be clear and be confirmed it be confirmed that he doesn't have COVID before we let his body travel <laughs> back to of course. back to Australia for the state um state um state affairs that has been arranged for him oh he's gonna get a state funeral and everything and wow he, and he's gonna have a stadium named after him wow um and yeah no and i learned something new about the statue that's um that was has been there for many years outside the, the stadium but i learned something new about the statue um so Shane Ward's had Warren has had many issues with his weight, and I learned that um, <laughs> this is literally in an article I read it, and they're literally saying that the artist said, "So which one do you prefer? Do you prefer the statue, or do you prefer the way that you look?" And and he's been named Tubby, and literally, so I think literally as soon as he became was introduced into crit- cricketing. He has been on these these highs and lows with his with his weight and not a positive way to live. So there's a big question mark on what is the real story. Yeah, I got to tell you, when I saw a heart attack, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my conditioning or whatever. But I went straight. Wow. I went straight to um, uh, cocaine, big night you know got out of hand and uh cocked it apparently after doing a little more reading uh just before we went live he wasn't that type but he was known to have a few drinks now and then i i call that spin from his manager but simon (laughs) what do you think (laughs) he's had a well-documented um experience with illicit substances okay um guarantee that the tour lifestyle of a professional cricketer especially the australian (laughs) team and um some of his other professional cricket um performances yeah he definitely would have made um some uh high level connections to experience the the the, uh the finest of all of the the elite um entertainment uh, that they that they indulge in. So. Oh my goodness gracious me! And do you know what, yeah, Simon? So, I actually also that? read something t- about that. They also tried to put a spin on this and say that ninety um, percent of those drugs that he's ever taken was for weight weight loss reasons, such as a banned diuretic um, drug that was that then caused them to be banned from the. Um, World Cup series, um, World C- from the World Cup cricket series, because it was found in the system, but it was for weight loss. So, 
I reckon that there's a mm. big um, question mark there on, yeah, I agree with you. That, that's a big uh, 3.2 on the believable scale yeah. for me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I think he was probably taking a few uh, performance-enhancing drugs yeah. during his cricket career. That probably wouldn't help the, um, the heart. So... Um, I, I was saying before the show, Simon, I, I don't know much about uh, Shane Warne. I'm not going to pretend, but apparently he was a big deal in cricket, not only in Australia, but generally. Yeah, he's probably one of um, the best spin bowlers in the world. So there's normally two general types of bowling. You can do fast or spin bowl. And he was probably the best that Australia's ever had. Um, and definitely probably like top top five, maybe even top three uh, in the whole world. Some people might make a case for the best in the world at what it at like spin yeah. bowling. Um, so what he had a really good ability of just kind of lobbing the ball up there in front of the batsman and as soon as it hit the turf it would just bounce in just all sorts of directions. Mm. And it would just, um, you know, like when people play cricket, they bat side on so their legs are... Um, uh, sort of perpendicular to the crease for sure and, and so he, he'll put he, he's, there's a real famous uh, delivery of his where he puts the ball um, so it bounces uh, on the what's called the leg side so uh, behind behind the batsman and then it spins back inside behind his legs and then takes the wickets out behind him so it kind of bounces across the batsman and then back across behind him and into the wickets it's pretty impossible pretty impressive. to hit yeah so he was pretty special and he's definitely a, a great bowler but um part of an aussie era in cricket where they were just the most obnoxious um, <laughs> like yeah. arrogant and um they were just full of a like cricket when he was there was real sort of um they had a good sort of posh image on top but you know, at the top level the people the the Athletes were, you know, ripping into each other while they're out there. Every time the batsman would make a, pa- a bad strike, you'd have the professional wicket keepers, you know, like ch- uh, chirping in the batsman ears and uh, saying all sorts of stuff. And um, yeah, so he was probably one of the worst at that as well. He um, definitely would spray, uh, you know, quite often. Yeah, you can always count on Aussie to reduce the class of any event that they're a part of. Yeah, well, they are <laughs> second-class British citizens. Well, so, um, you know, lower the second-class criminals. Yeah, so the thing that... A few comments that I saw from a video, um, one one person said, oh, well, he's he's the the one that I'm going to remember the most from my childhood. That's, that's all I remember growing up. And then there was another person who said, oh, he was just a larkin. He was just a larkin, you know, just like us, the Aussies. It's all good. That's really cool. That's why we loved him the most, because he was a larkin. And I was like, okay. And then another another boy was almost crying, younger yeah. boy, because he was trying to say, oh, my God, my idol. And then one guy said, I thought Shane was going to be the next next prime minister. I wanted him to be the next prime minister. What What's happening, guys? Why did why, why this happen? Well, <laughs> uh, i got to say, like, I'm being really authentic that I don't have many touch points with this guy, but I do remember seeing quite a bit of him on those uh, hair replacement commercials. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
that that's all I've got. But I'm I'm not gonna um reduce the fact that he's an obvious Aussie icon. He did die this weekend, and yeah, that's pretty rough. Uh, just just uh, I just want to show you one photo here, Simon. This is from our articles for the day. Uh, but this is what happens when you're famous and you. Uh, die in Thailand, uh, you get people running all through your hotel room, which is really unfortunate. Mm. Well, is that like at the actual scene? Yeah, that's, the, that's the crime the scene or the scene. We shouldn't say the crime scene. scene. Yeah. No. yeah. Potentially. You never know. So he was on holiday with four other individuals and he'd been at the he'd just gone up to his room and that he was supposed to go down for drinks at five and that's why they suddenly went back up to him and said why why haven't you turned up and he was um yeah non-responsive so in a little while we haven't forgotten ladies and gentlemen we're not we're not dancing around the fact that um protesters got evicted uh, from the parliament ground we will be coming to that very shortly but right before that I just want to have a bit, bit of a chat about somebody else we hardly know uh, JJ Feeney's brother uh, was apparently shot 22 times uh, with a pellet gun on Fort Street in downtown Auckland and not to dox myself or anything but I only live a couple of minutes away from there so a lot a lot of our American viewers would be saying someone got shot big deal but but you know you normally you don't normally um, hear about shootings like that apparently the article goes on to say that many of the pellets uh, got lodged in his midsection, um, and one was a couple, a couple actually were lodged in his stomach, uh, lungs, lungs. I'm reading and trying to talk at the same time. Sorry. Yeah, and one narrowly missed his heart. So Simon, I didn't actually know pellet guns were that strong. That, I mean, when you say struck by a pellet gun, I thought, oh, this dude got hit by, like, an automatic BB gun, you know, and he got 22 different red marks on his um, body or something, but to have them actually penetrate and enter the skin and get close to the heart sounds pretty full on. You never know how how uh, sensationalized this, this article is from the truth, but, yeah, it sounds crazy. I mean... The fact that it's not a real gun, um, you never know uh, the level of damage. It could be, it could be minor. It could be major. It's just whatever they want to spin it as. My question: Did anyone else get shot at the same time, or? Yeah, a couple of people did, but it's only because his like sister's remotely famous. That this guy, um, I actually pulled up the name just now, uh, Paul Anderson. Yeah. Got shot, and apparently he's... No relation. <laughs> Sounds like it, eh? 
Um, oh, Feeney is a married name, I'm guessing. Uh, Paul Anderson, th 33 years old, uh, was one of three victims. Three, yeah. Uh, and uh, we can all blame this incident on Lebanese kebabs. What? <laughs> That's what happens when you go out for a kebab. There's a kebab shop on uh, Fort Street and apparently they were attending there to get a meal after a night out and boom, 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 boom. An 18-year-old has been charged in relation to this incident and appeared before court this morning. So, there you go. So they were, the 18 year old was like, nah, you can't go before me or just something <laughs> like I, I, I'm guessing. I, I, hold on, let me do, let me do some scanning. I think he, I think he actually just asked for a small kebab and the, and JJ's brother just laughed and said, small, what, you can't eat a whole large one. And then, the guy and then it all went out of hand as it does on a Friday that, night. That's how it happened, okay. Or whenever it was. But yeah, I, I don't actually have uh, much else to say on this. I just thought it was really uh, interesting that a um, that a shooting happened so close to my house. So there we go. He does not look 33 years old. He doesn't look close either. <laughs> hey? He doesn't look close to it. Yeah. <laughs> My God, there's just but 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 she's she's no supermodel either. I mean, jeez, look at look at JJ. Time has not been kind to her. Kind Can't even see so her. So kind's not being to her. Kind, kind, time's not being kind to him either. Oh, uh, he just doesn't look right. He doesn't look thirty-three. He looks like. I, I, I was questioning if you mean younger. So. He looks like a nineteen-year-old on P. Honestly. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he... He's he, like, he, he, yeah. More like 70. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're just being very interpersonal at the moment, but... Simon, um... You don't hear about these, do you? Pellet gun no. shootings? No, no, no. That's not like something that, um... That pops up in our news. And you said before... You know that people from America be like, "Oh, someone got shot, big deal." They'd be like, <laughs> "So you you you're telling me it wasn't a real gun? Why is that on the news?" Yeah, yeah exactly. That doesn't even make the local Facebook page. Well, um, I I would definitely be checking the surroundings the next time that I go out for a kebab, um, and most likely won't be doing it at two a.m. anymore. How about that, Anna? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if somebody cuts in front of you, just let him because you never know, you might get a few pallets to the guts. Yeah. But speaking of violence, um, we, we don't have articles around this, um, but Simon, I, I just wanted to get into the situation down at Parliament. The, the one thing that struck me about the eviction straight away was that cameras were rolling. So the media was obviously notified that there was about to be an eviction. I say it like this because it wasn't just that um, 
cameramen were on the scene because you'd see that as normal they'd be doing daily reporting but it was the fact that on my youtube subscriptions because i subscribed to the news to you know help us with the podcast and things like that there were five separate channels that were all, all live at the same time <laughs> they they uh, got it from all angles yeah they were and it was like quite early in the morning that, that the operation started, right? So yeah. They made the reporters get up pretty early to set up those live streams and made sure to capture every single uh, brick thrown and every single uh, weapon used. Um, man, that was a crazy scene, eh? I mean, it actually didn't seem too hectic, to be fair. Just a couple small fires. Um, my most cynical take of the whole um event is that the government will be quite happy that that slide burnt down because that was a pr nightmare for them making a inaccessible slide that costs you know close to a house deposit i was wondering um, if you were gonna go there yeah you know it seems a little bit too fortunate i guess they definitely had some young uh, parliament staff in the crowd going let's set the <laughs> let's set the, the the slide on fire they love it. <laughs> but um, they, they, they have committed to rebuilding it, haven't they? Oh, they'll do something better because, you know, if they rebuilt it exactly as it is now, they'd get even more hate, right? Because they didn't like it the first time. Yeah, I, I, do, wa I do wonder if... Um, this is a bit of a tangent, so bear with me, but I do wonder if there are some elements of disability advocacy that are a bit disconnected to reality. In which way? So, okay, the, let's say this playground wasn't fully accessible, right? Mm-hmm. How many do you know actually are? I'm not sure. I, 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 I think there's a few with like accessible components of playgrounds. You know, there's some things dot around the place, but I don't know many that actually are. No. And, to toe. and that's what I mean. It's like I look. I want the I want the community to be accessible. Don't get me wrong, but like, should we really get upset if the um? if the playground wasn't fully accessible i mean i i just don't connect with that it's not like everything needs to be a political statement all the time i think i think we've gone past that actually jade i think anytime anyone makes any sort of contribution to um i guess you know the greater good <coughs> and it's an opportunity to um, display your political allegiances and your um, mm, philosophical God. beliefs and um, and your trigger words and your safe spaces and your pronouns so the more you do that every time you um, do anything you get uh, more accepted by the group that's the way it seems to me but I mean it's so weird that last week we were talking about the um, the video of the old man with getting his eyes gouged out. May I re I rewatched that after the show because obviously being the stream captain here, I got a lot of things going on. Man, that was rough. Yeah, and then since then, right, we had an old man get 
punched unconscious by an officer you know it's just like the violence just gets worse have you seen i'm sure i've sent you that video or, or you've seen it uh, where the uh, older man comes alongside the van tries to help a, a lady who's getting in, uh, attacked by the police and then a, an officer comes across and pretty much gives him a one two three combo and the, the guy just the old man just falls onto the ground afterwards it's pretty pretty serious yeah do you have a link i mean we are live can we're, we're, yeah, we can yeah, do yeah, it yeah, we yeah, can yeah. do it live because i'm not sure i've seen it and i'd just like to ask you both a quick question what's your view on our prime minister literally saying that she has grown up in a police family she sees herself a part of the police family and but she may not all, always agree with the police and their decisions but it's a sad to see that 120 something police uh, are not fully vaccinated so we're not working right now so it's a shame so your question for us is what what's your views on her comments oh, I, on that? I, I think she's splitting her hair both ways you, li you listen to her phrasing I may not agree with every operational decision of the police, but they can expect my full support. You literally just said nothing. Yeah. I mean, I'm black and I know that, right, Simon? She's, that, that is, that is her art form. That is the, her, <laughs> her best um, communication tactic is answering without actually answering anything. Yeah. Helen Clark was Quite really tough. good at that, actually. And um, I thought she was really good at doing it. And the way that she also mentioned that there was a certain number of police that aren't... Um, out of 40... I think it was 40,000, there was only 120 who are not vaccinated. So what? And it was the police's decision for their mandate. And we are back bit of an eventful interlude there sorry about that ladies and gentlemen oh wow everything can happen here on the um, here is what we know podcast hey, just go be ready for all of it it just goes to show how disability responsive we we are exactly we um we can we can respond to all sorts of uh uh uh, situations that present us very agile <laughs> so Simon um, you, you're just getting us a clip that I haven't seen yeah I must have scrolled past it because I found it before but now I'm struggling to find it um, it couldn't have just been deleted right then and there what's going on oh whoa 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 um, I thought I had it before and then I've lost it. I'm sorry. That's okay. Do you just, um, for for the sake of editing, do you want to run us through what you've seen? And we, we might leave it at that. Um, so basically what happens is there's a, um, a lady getting attacked by police on the ground and uh, an elderly man comes along to try to to help this girl because she's getting you know pretty badly attacked by um by the by police the and then 
Um, he gets he gets pushed back by one cop, and then another cop comes over the top and basically gives him a one, two, three piece combo straight to the face and drops him onto the concrete. It's sickening, and um, I'm sure I'll find it. It was right here. Uh, That's okay. We we can hang on. We've got time. Hmm. But, but I mean, it it I've been saying with my friends, it's been really hard seeing people find it easy to sympathise with police to try and you know and that are brutalising and uh, attacking these people than it is to sympathise with the people that are down there protesting for you know the end of mandates, which isn't unreasonable. Um, it's not it's not some sort of unrealistic request that uh, warranted the complete shutout of any sort of acknowledgement or negotiation or communication. You know, they just discredited them straight away. I, I think I said this last week, but I don't remember this with the Occupy Wall Street uh, protests at <laughs> AT Square. Or the Black Lives Matter protests, you know, during lockdown the first time. Like, and... You know they they talk about the the damage and and the um, unsightliness that is being called by these protesters. But do you, do you like me, Simon? Question whether some of that damage was literally caused by police tactics. They at every step of this protest for the three weeks they were there. The antagonization came from the government or um, the police. You know, the first stuff was the sprinklers and the obnoxious music and all of that carry on by uh, the speaker. And then, um, and then the police with their their tactics of closing them in, cutting off their their access. You know, it's it's um, everything that the police did was, you know, run like a military operation against. Uh, a hostile force it's people don't accept that that's actually how it is you know the, when mm. and it, people still don't pick up on it a lot of people have picked up on it for the first time but when a protest group goes up against the government that they don't agree with they are treated like a hostile force they have their military briefings they have the police briefings they have the briefings with the politicians and they treat this like a, an operation of a hostile force that needs neutralizing whether it's through um where they 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 uh, what's the word where you infiltrate uh, an organization and you get it to act and behave how you want um by infiltrating and, gu- and guiding the direction or or by completely uh discrediting and dismantling it like they did uh with the protest group out in front of parliament they they decided that the best way to do it was just to um, just relentlessly attack them in the media to get as many people on side with you as possible and then uh, tarnish their image by making them seem like filthy, dirty, violent thugs and then kick them out and hope that the public opinion is in favour. And that begs the question, does our government truly understand who it works for? Yeah, they do. They understand that they work for the corporations and the um, global think groups that 
uh, pay for their bills and, and you know, subsidize um, the national loans that the government takes, you know. <laughs> That's who they work for. They don't work for us. They know that very well. We just think they still think they work for us. But, okay, I want to follow that train of thought, though. So you're saying... Oh no, she works for corporations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Who actually brings in more tax dollars? Is it people or corporations? I'm not sure. Probably people, I guess. The middle Cause, class. The yeah, because bringing them. Yeah. I would beg to question that. While we're often sold this perception that corporations have more influence, power, and money, I suppose, um, per capita, you couldn't argue with that, but on the whole, people power definitely wins, but without people, there are no businesses, without people, there is no government, and I, and I suppose that, um, the thought that I've been left with in this whole ordeal is that, um, the government our government and and the framing of the government the media's perception of the government is that they are separate from us and i think that's really disappointing exactly i mean if anything people should be questioning the the mainstream narrative because they they are trying to get you to think a certain way um regardless of how you think the news is not coming to you in a neutral delivery Mm. they want you to come away from their new segment with a certain think uh thinking pattern and thought pattern and and emotional reaction so you know you've got to you've got to analyze all that media through that with that um reality oh man and um but but there is but before we go this evening that there has been some positive news and I almost forgot to raise it with you Simon there there has been some court cases that that you brought to my attention early this week and I wondered if you could take a couple of minutes to talk about those ah well I mean um, our New Zealand viewers might be aware that the defence force and the police force um, got their mandate overturned through the uh, high court um and the uh, lawyer that brought that forward anticipates that the government probably won't appeal it, which is pretty cool. Um, so there'll be a big discussion about, you know, those police officers returning to the job, whether they want to or not, and what they do about the ones that were on the other side of the fence, you know, protesting the mandates that now is um, technically illegal for, for their occupation. Mm. Um, and then there is the, um, the health workers and the teachers, um, going into court to face the same battle uh, the lawyers taking pretty much a very similar argument um uh, or the principles at least he said of his argument against the defense force and using it for these groups and um expects that hopefully the precedent set will um help overturn this and but um the fact of the, the mandates is that they've done their they've done the work that they wanted them to they got pretty much the majority of the population double vaxxed and then now they're just using pretty much peer pressure and um, like psychological, tor- not torture, but psychological 
um, efforts to, to convince people that the booster is necessary because it'll get banned at it soon but you know before that they, there's always the period where they try their hardest to convince you that it's necessary first I think the premise in which the court cases were won were for the fact that there, there is no case for preventing transmission anymore because there's too much evidence to suggest that while... And I'm not going to argue this, we've never argued this on the podcast, while the vaccine has been documented to help with symptoms... It's doing absolutely almost nothing to prevent the um, transmission of Omicron. Yeah, that's right. And so, if if um, mass vaccination or mass vaccination is an effort to um, stop transmission, it's not to stop people getting sick because the assumption is that not everybody is going to get sick with something. So mass vaccination is only attempt to prevent transmission to stop people getting sick and if it's not doing that then the argument for the mandate uh, isn't sound enough to have it in place which is uh, the outcome that's happened so fantastic news pity it's come this far um, before it's happened are you actually surprised how well uh, the mandates impacted behaviour or is it about what you expected uh, I mean, it's hard to not be too cynical, but I guess it's like they were pretty relentless, bro. Like it was, it was pretty hard to not enter any sort of facet of your life and not have it interrupted by COVID. So if you were any sort of hesitant about getting vaccinated, it was just constantly convincing you that it was the right thing to do. Yeah. You have to have. I'm not trying to say like you know. I've got strong mind, you're all weak, but like you definitely have to have um, a strong enough mind to be strong in your position, regardless of what it is, because, yeah, I mean, there's been some crazy amount of fluctuation in what is considered the truth, or at least the window of truth. <laughs> uh, you know, I found, I found the um, mandates quite isolating. And I and I've been extremely lucky um, that I've still been able to do the majority, not all, but the majority of my work, um, despite the mandates. But still, I I've found them incredibly isolating, and um, I'm sure many others have as well. And I and I cannot imagine what it, what it has been like for people with mortgages, children, responsibilities generally, um, and, and being told, if you don't jab your arm, you're out of here. I, I cannot imagine. I've lost a few opportunities um, through these mandates, but not all of them, so I've been able to make do, but, but my heart goes out uh, to New, Zealand, uh, New Zealanders out there that had no choice. Yeah. Plays on my, plays on my mind quite a lot. So I've been thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, people have either not given it any thought or given it very little to the fact that there was quite a, a number of people at the protests on behalf of band members who they quite um, legitimately believe were lost their life because of the vaccine. 
That alone is enough to legitimize the group of people outside that the parliament building. And then, the, you know, I, in response to that, I've heard, oh, well, there were other factors, you know, it wasn't the vaccine. That's misinformation that, that has to be independently verified by a board of clinicians before you're allowed to go out and say that. Why? If the family believe it, I believe it. Apply Occam's razor. Person fine, no history of uh, illness. Introduce new variable with um, history of causing said outcome. Said outcome occurs. Mm. You can't. You can't apply the most likely indicator. Why yeah, not? and how, how do I put this in a way that doesn't sound black? But. I've noticed that more and more we've been conditioned to uh, only accept the views of authority or people with like qualifications or degrees or tenure at a certain university or whatever. What I, what I constantly say to people from all walks of life is there's nothing stopping you from reading learning and questioning you are allowed to question whatever you want yeah the, it's a it's it's a it's a phenomenon that's definitely kind of emerged in the last 20 years or so of the oh i don't need to think for myself there's an expert in every field that's done all the thinking for me you know We've got this society where we live in where everybody's so specialised that there's no re need for you to think and form your own opinions because there's an expert to give you your opinion. And I, wa I, watch, a, I watch a lot of YouTube and maybe I'll find the link after the show. I wasn't actually ready um, at the time we went live, but there, there was sort of this breakdown about uh, misinformation and the use of the word and the fact that at one point, it was misinformation that masks didn't help, for example. And it turns mm. out masks help, help very little. There, there was a study done. and that, Well, that, that's full circle, right? Because yeah. we started out saying masks did nothing, and then everybody needed to mask, and we had double masks and three masks, and now let's go back to masks do nothing. And that's it. And like the concept of misinformation, I know this is pretty extreme or whatever, but at one point the experts back a couple thousand years ago were saying the planet was flat. And if you disagreed with that, you were literally killed. And it's sort of like, I'm not saying there aren't like authentically true facts to everything in life. Yeah, there's your dog again, some, but I I just welcome the concept of questioning questioning everything, gathering data and learning along the way. And if we if we're learning that the vaccine is not super effective against transmission and arguably lesser and lesser effective against the um symptoms of COVID-19 then maybe we should just be open to discussing that I'm not saying I'm a doctor I'm just saying let's be open
Yeah, there's such a narrow <laughs> window of um, acceptable topics. I'm, I'm sure we've said this many times on here about, you know, the, 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 the allowable takes for you to have in public on certain topics is so tiny, but it just means that it shifts so quickly that, you know, to be outside the, the group think can mean that you're ahead of the curve by not very little, you know, sometimes weeks, days, but even being ahead of the curve can get you cancelled it can get you it can get you assaulted it can get you fired and unemployed you know being ahead of the curve is dangerous well i mean i mean we're gonna wrap this show really soon but i i just want to touch on the fact that you many months ago i can't put my finger on it maybe i could have a an intern look for the file for me but one episode you were talking about the Great Reset. I had no fucking clue what you were on about. I, I couldn't really connect the dots. And now the, and now the Great Reset is, is like a full-on thing and people are accepting it. Yeah, well, that's like... It's <laughs> gone through this weird phase where it was a conspiracy theory. You know, or they went from obscurity into a conspiracy theory into um into people going oh no no that that can't happen and then now it's kind of splintered off where the people are like hey you know this bad stuff is coming true that they wrote about in their planning documents and their um their their role plays and their scenario building you know this mm. stuff is coming true and then some people are like oh yeah some of these things are actually quite cool i think i do like these things that are being forced on me Wow, it's, it's weird. It's so weird, you know. Like we've got to this point where they can't, they can't deny the fact that they wrote all these um, documents and had all these summit meetings, planning how the global world was going to function as one giant society. And so they either have to say, "Yeah, this is happening. This is what we want for you. This is the future," you know, or or they deny the fact that it's a conspiracy. But you know, they can't deny that. It, they can't go oh you know this is not real they have to say yeah it's real and it's a good thing because denying it would just be impossible because the conspiracy theorists have you know made such a uh, made it so public and as we move into our final thoughts now one of the one of the things that i'm reminded of um is bill gates is not a medical expert yet he he seems to be quite financially involved with uh, vaccines and the like. So, um, if you want to talk about misinformation, let's remember that we're talking to a computer programmer about a virus, and we and we seem to be okay with that. I mean, computers do have viruses, but we're talking about separate things. You know what I'm saying, Simon? Mm-hmm. He's also not a farmer, but he's the biggest landowner in the United States, too. Now, I wonder why that might be. Who knows? You hope nothing too sinister is happening with it. He could definitely home a few people that are homeless. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother um, podcast in itself. But, Simon, this has been quite an eclectic episode. Uh, quite eventful, if you're watching live. Um, but um, do, you, do you have any final thoughts for, for the episode today? My final thoughts, as always, is please, uh, you know, 
give everything that you see about uh, news and events a second glance and also think hey am I being di directed to focus on something that isn't truly the the right thing to focus on mm. uh, and is there something else that's happening right now that's probably um, more of a impact and uh, gosh just yeah the stuff happening in the Ukraine and Russia there is so uh, little that you can trust that's going to be true I mean there's been multiple reports and we talked about last week of doctored videos and videos from movies pretending to be true or um, stuff from different parts of the world and um, the ghost of Kiev and that tank yeah. video that had nothing to do with Kiev at all yeah I mean the United States were no better having Donald Trump as their prime minister uh, their president but he was a businessman first I guess before as a celebrity but um the Ukraine president played a president as um, on a TV show, on a comedic TV show, before he was the real president. So, I mean, is that just some sort of ironic coincidence, or is it some sort of in-your-face um, symbol or sign that hey, something might not be right there? So meta, it becomes reality. <laughs> uh, final thoughts for me. Um, I said it earlier. You know, you you don't have to be an expert to question and in fact the the framing of what it what an expert is should probably be in question because if you take quite a literal view of what an expert is it's just someone that has spent a really long time thinking about a particular subject uh, surrounded by other people that have spent a real long time thinking about a particular subject so uh, by virtue, as long as you're competent in building a multi-dimensional under understanding of something, you too can become an expert. But yeah, not to diverge from the point that you don't need you don't need to be an expert to question. And it's something that I'm talking to my daughter more and more about to question everything, um, seek out facts seek out alternative facts try to break facts that you strongly believe in already and just grow to realize that you understand nothing about the world really <laughs> and, and with that uh ladies and gentlemen it has been wonderful to be with you for episode uh 18 of the here is what we know podcast 18 or is that a blooper no i think it is 18 um i've got no idea <laughs> thank you thank you so much for being with us um feel free to leave comments uh reach out to us uh like comment subscribe all the good stuff but for now thanks for being a part of the channel thank you for being a part of the journey please stay awesome and simon We'll see you all in the next one.